Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Underwater hope. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka. On this Wednesday, June 21st, glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Just after midnight, the Coast Guard said sounds have been detected in the search for a missing submersible on a mission to visit the Titanic. After a years-long investigation, Hunter Biden is pleading guilty to misdemeanor tax charges. He's likely to avoid prison time. We're still feeling the after effects of remote learning. Reading and math scores for 13-year-olds have gotten worse since the pandemic. And all those hidden fees we can't stand from the likes of restaurants and hotels, well, we or apparently the ones to blame for them. Half of the people who came to the site saw a hidden fee uh, or didn't see the hidden fees. They just saw the low list price and half of the people saw the all in price. And the people that only saw that initial low price went on to spend over 20% more. Josh Zumbrun at the Wall Street Journal on why drip pricing is so effective at getting us to pay more. There's perhaps some good news regarding the missing submersible that vanished during a deep-sea trip to the Titanic. The U.S. Coast Guard says search teams detected underwater sounds while scanning the North Atlantic for the five-person mini-submarine, which lost contact on Sunday. The detection of sounds by Canadian aircraft yesterday, day three of the search, comes as the vessel is believed to have roughly 24 hours of oxygen left. Coast Guard Captain Jamie Frederick. These search efforts have focused on both surface, with C-130 aircraft searching by sight and with radar, and subsurface with P-3 aircraft were able to drop and monitor sonar buoys. The Titan, as it's known, is designed to remain underwater for 96 hours, giving its five occupants until tomorrow morning before air supply would run out if the craft was still intact. Aircraft and ships have combed more than 7,600 square miles. The tourist expedition cost $250,000 per person. The vessel lost contact with its parent surface vessel on Sunday during its two-hour dive to the world's most famous shipwreck. President Biden's son has reached an agreement to plead guilty to misdemeanor tax charges, likely heading off prison time. The deal with federal prosecutors for Hunter Biden marks the culmination of a years-long investigation by the U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss, who was appointed by former President Trump and has remained in office under the Biden administration to see through the criminal inquiry. Separately, Hunter Biden, who's 53, is entering a so-called pretrial diversion agreement on a firearms charge. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer is leading a congressional investigation. I don't know why it took seven years to, to come up with, a, with a, uh, a plea deal, but regardless, the very last line says this investigation is ongoing. Meanwhile, House Ways and Means, uh, House Ways and Means Committee Chair Jason Smith has planned a special executive session tomorrow to potentially review documents protected by tax privacy laws related to Hunter Biden. Politico says the move could foreshadow the public release of documents related to his taxes. We are coming to you live this morning from the Ashley Furniture Studio. Ashley, America's number one furniture and mattress store. Well, with word of Hunter Biden's plea agreement, Bart Jansen, Justice Department reporter at USA Today, has a look at the implications for the president's re-election campaign and dealings with congressional Republicans. Bart, take us through it. Well, it's basically an explanation of the resolution of this investigation that's been going on for five years. Um, 
Hunter Biden's lawyer uh, thinks that this will finally close out this long-running investigation. Of course, it'll still carry political implications for his father as he seeks re-election to the White House uh, next year. The two charges, uh, he's agreed to plead guilty to two tax charges, uh, basically acknowledging he made at least $1.5 million in each of 2017 and 2018, and that he did not pay federal taxes on those earnings. So he's agreed to plead guilty to those misdemeanors. Uh, the Associated Press says that there the Justice Department is expected to recommend probation on those charges, so no jail time. In addition, there's a gun charge. He uh, allegedly filled out an application to buy a Colt revolver in 2018 by uh, stating that he was not a drug addict, but uh, he has since admitted uh, in his book and elsewhere that he was a drug addict at the time. That's technically a federal violation. He has agreed to go into a federal diversion program on that charge, which could eventually lead to the dismissal of the charge. All right. What does this mean now for the House Oversight Committee investigation of Hunter Biden? Well, they will continue. Uh, the chairman, James Comer, uh, Republican of Kentucky, has said that he thinks uh, Hunter Biden uh, arranged uh, multi-million dollar business deals in countries such as Ukraine, uh, Romania, China, and that the money that he was paid was effectively uh, trying to influence uh, foreign policy when his father was uh, vice president and now uh, again as president. So the, the House oversight investigation will continue and um, they, the chairman Comer has called this resolution of these criminal charges a slap on the wrist. Mm. We're speaking with Bart Jansen, Justice Department reporter at USA Today. He's written about Hunter Biden pleading guilty to two tax charges and resolving this federal gun violation. Um, what about the Hunter Biden's laptop here? How is that factoring in, if at all? Um, the laptop uh, basically gave investigators evidence about wh what kind of business deals he might have been doing, what kind of income he might have been receiving. So uh, if this is the resolution of all his income-related or tax-related issues, um, the laptop doesn't do much more for the federal charges. It basically was is, is the foundation or the basis for the evidence, or at least some of the evidence. Um, now, for the congressional side, um, there is voluminous uh, documents, pictures, and other yeah. stuff that the committee is reviewing, and well, it may give them other avenues to investigate. We don't know, you know, where that will lead at this point. Yeah. Uh, in terms of this being a political distraction, any feel for how each side might play it? Republicans will, will paint Hunter Biden, I guess, as a tax cheat uh, and try to tie him to the president. And the president will say mistakes were made uh, and, and uh, Hunter Biden has owned up to them. Something like that. Well, the, the, the White House has issued a statement saying they are standing behind their son as he uh, recovers from his drug addiction and his other problems, but that they are not commenting on the criminal charges because they don't want to appear to be influencing the criminal case against him. Uh, of course, this will continue to be a 
political football because uh, former President Trump, who is you know a chief rival to President Biden, has already said that it looks like an unfair system of justice uh, that uh, Hunter Biden is getting let off with uh, what looks like not very much punishment, while the president, the former president yeah. himself, Trump, uh, faces a federal indictment about classified documents yeah, and a New York State indictment about business records. So, um, also, Comer, that chairman of that House Oversight Committee, also says that uh, there appears to be a two-tiered system of justice in the country, you know, one for the favored political insiders and another for uh, people who are outside the federal government. So, yeah, it, it will be a... Uh, political fodder all the way through the presidential election. Spark Jensen, Justice Department reporter at USA Today. By the way, questions still remain here. One is why Hunter faced only willful misdemeanor tax charges rather than a felony count of tax evasion. There's also the testimony by an IRS whistleblower who says while assigned to the Hunter case in early 2020, he, quote, immediately saw deviations from the normal process. A Wall Street Journal editorial says Mr. Weiss ought to cooperate with Congress to put any suspicion of favorable treatment to rest. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Wednesday. A federal judge has ruled that Arkansas cannot ban gender affirming care for transgender children. In an 80 page ruling yesterday, U.S. District Judge James Moody permanently blocked Arkansas from enforcing the first-of-its-kind measure. More from this morning's Mike Gavin. Judge Moody says the ban violated the plaintiff's equal protection and due process rights because it denies medical care for trans children that it allows others to receive and undermines the rights of parents' rights to make decisions for their children. The ruling also said the law violated the free speech rights of health care workers by barring them from referring underage trans patients to other providers. Arkansas officials felt the measure was constitutional because of a responsibility to protect children from medical treatment that lawmakers feel is unsafe. Gordon. Thank you, Mike. The law, which was temporarily blocked in 2021 by the same judge, would have prohibited doctors from providing gender-affirming care for minors. That includes puberty blockers, hormone replacement therapy, and transition-related surgery. Doctors who broke the law would have faced discipline and may have also been sued. 20 minutes now after the hour on this morning. Here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The Canadian military surveillance aircraft has detected underwater noises as a massive search continues in a remote part of the North Atlantic for a submersible that vanished while taking five people down to the wreck of the Titanic. The noises offer a glimmer of hope for those lost aboard the Titanic as estimates suggest as little as a day's worth of oxygen could be left if the vessel is still functioning. Coast Guard Rear Admiral John Mugger on ABC. It's a really complex case. Uh, there are you know, active uh, uh, debris field down uh, on the bottom of the ocean uh, and a lot of complexity working at that tab. Meanwhile, questions remain about how teams could reach the lost submersible. Number two. Blistering dangerous heat has been the main weather story across the south central U.S. over the past few days 
and there's little relief in sight for states such as Texas and Louisiana. Power has been out for hundreds of thousands, like the residents of Jackson, Mississippi, Police Chief Joseph Wade. What could go wrong, unfortunately, did go wrong. Our generators are not designed to go forever. So as they went down, it created a whole nother issue for us. The temperature in San Angelo, Texas, soared yesterday to a record high of 114. Number three. Hunter Biden, President Biden's son, has reached an agreement to plead guilty to misdemeanor tax charges, likely heading off prison time. The deal with federal prosecutors marks the culmination of a years-long investigation by the U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss, who was appointed by former President Trump and has remained in office under the Biden administration to see through the criminal inquiry into the president's son. Weiss's office says Hunter Biden is entering a pretrial diversion agreement on a separate firearms charge. Well, if you're looking to sell your home, do yourself a favor and pick up a paintbrush. A new study from Zillow has found that dark gray interiors are in vogue, potentially helping sellers rake in bigger bucks on closing day. Homes with rooms painted in dark, dusky shades commanded higher bids than those with lighter interiors. For example, a home with a charcoal gray kitchen sells for $2,500 more than a similar home. Design experts say not only are buyers influenced by home improvement TV shows, dark gray is a color of retreat and can make homeowners feel more secure. A color of retreat. We want to stay inside in the dark. (laughs) Right. Thank you, Jen. Pure opportunity. It's what Michigan is all about. The opportunity to do more. The opportunity for all businesses to reach their full potential. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to discover all the ways the MEDC is helping Michigan thrive. Thanks for being with us. Here comes another presidential campaign cycle for the next year and change. That means you're bound to run into some differing opinions about politics, maybe even some contentious conversations. How to navigate these potentially explosive situations with Alicia Dunham's author of a book called How to Talk to Your Enemies. Alicia, set this up. Well, 93% of Americans say they are tired of how divided we are, have become as a country. So we do need to find a way to move forward gracefully, peacefully, uh, compassionately to connect with others. And so that's why I wrote this book, How to Talk to Your Enemies. And a big portion of this book is political discussion, how to talk to people who have different political beliefs, different moral beliefs, different beliefs in, uh, you know, how they see the world. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun to have this discussion. Uh, restaurants, uh, family get-togethers, the office. I mean, this stuff can can pop up anywhere. How do how do we how do we manage it? Absolutely. So one of my favorite uh, scripts. I have over a hundred and one communication scripts or tactics on what to say to others uh, when you're in discussions like this. And one of my favorites is when someone asks you what your political beliefs are or what your uh, particular political party is, I say, I vote, my, I vote for my values or I vote my values. That way it requires that you really sit down with someone and have a conversation. You build a relationship with someone so they just don't label you a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, another example I have is for example, if someone's sharing their political beliefs, and maybe you don't believe, agree with them, or maybe it's something that is bristling you a bit, you can take a deep breath, and I always recommend taking three deep breaths in and out before you uh, react, because you will rather respond, because you are able to kind of uh, interact with your prefrontal cortex rather than your amygdala. You don't want your amygdala to be hijacked in these situations. Okay. And a, a great script is to say, I appreciate pers- your perspective. It may- makes me look at the political issue with a different lens. Thank mm. you. Yeah. 
What would cable TV do if we ever did that? Oh, my goodness. It'd go well, off the air. It's so funny. <laughs> well, they, they, they say, you know, it's a lot of uh, political opinions on, on cable versus people just reading the news. And I think emotional neutrality is really important. Uh, you know, whether you're at the workplace or whether you're being interviewed on radio, being neutral is a way to really cultivate your own personal inner peace while you're answering and connecting and really building relationship with others. So again, compassion and peace are the name of the games here. We do not have to be right. What does it look like to make things right? Brene Brown says that all the time. And so, uh, you know, instead of, instead of feeling like uh, you need to get your opinions out there or get your convictions out there and have to be right in a situation, what does it look like just to hear the other person out? Let's, let's say we've done all the right things, but we're just engaged with that person who's determined to get under our skin or pick a fight and and the conversation has has gone off the rails then what i have a simple script for that it's like i i choose not to discuss this at this moment you know let's return back to it at another time for example alicia dunham's again the book is called how to talk to your enemies ashley stars and stripe sale is happening now don't miss instant savings on select items up to a thousand dollars off throughout the store and online and as a special thank you to our community heroes, all veterans and active military will receive 10% off their purchase. Plus, we offer special financing options for every budget. These 4th of July furniture and mattress deals are only available for a limited time. Visit your local Ashley store or ashley.com to shop and save today. Only at Ashley. Edgy. Smart. Bringing you what you need to know. This is America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Wednesday, June 21. Gordon Deal, Jennifer Koshenka, some of our top stories and headlines. The Coast Guard says underwater noises have been detected as searchers desperately look for a missing submersible. Hunter Biden has reached agreement to plead guilty to misdemeanor tax charges. Extreme heat continues for Texas and Louisiana. Today's the first day of summer, the day with the most sunlight. Washington, D.C. bars will stay open 24 hours during the Women's World Cup, which begins next month. And a 99-year-old woman goes viral for her advice on living a long life. That story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Dell. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Dell Technologies and Intel are pushing what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. Add-on fees are driving consumers crazy. From restaurants and hotels to concerts and food delivery, we are increasingly shown a low price online only to click through and find a range of fees that yield a much higher price at checkout. Everyone says they hate these fees, but there's evidence that we enable it, making it effective at getting us to pay more. Here's Josh Zumbrin, columnist at the Wall Street Journal. Josh, explain. Everybody says they hate hidden fees, but so I was kind of curious why they're so pervasive. And when I looked into it, one of the things I found is that um, the reason they're kind of so pervasive is because although we say we hate them, the way we shop shows that we love them. And, you know, we're kind of victims of our own psychology in this sense. When companies have tried to stand out from their industry by being really transparent, consumers don't reward that behavior. 
in fact, they penalize it really harshly. Um, people probably aren't intending to do that, but companies that try to be transparent do not get rewarded, they get slaughtered. And whenever you have that kind of uh, dynamic, it's going to be very hard uh, for companies to resist uh, doing this kind of hidden pricing that we all hate, where we see one price initially, and by the time we're finished with the transaction, there's been all these fees added, yeah. and it's actually much more. Wow. Give an example, then, of that uh, transparency getting punished in sales. Well, there's two really interesting experiments that have been done, you know, really carefully and, and analyzed really well. One is probably the one that's most salient. It's actually what happened with the company StubHub, which does ticketing. Uh, about 10 years ago, StubHub tried to, they, they said, we are going to buck our industry's trend. We are going to offer people completely transparent prices when they come onto our site. You know, you look for a ticket and we will show you the total cost. There's not going to be fees and administrative fees and service fees and there's not going to be tax. You're going to see it all at the very beginning. Uh, and so you're going to know what it's going to cost. Because even back then, uh, there were some industries where this was quite common and people said they hated it. And so StubHub thought they could stand out by doing this. And so they tried it for two years and they got massacred. Jeez. They found out that uh, when, they, when they stopped doing this, they ran an experiment where they showed half of the people hidden fees. Uh, they, they, half of the people who came to the site saw a hidden fee uh, or didn't see the hidden fees. They just saw the low list price. And half of the people saw the all-in price. And the people that only saw that initial low price went on to spend over 20% more um, wow. than the people that came in the other way. So it wasn't a small difference. It was a huge difference. People massacred the transparency uh, because what would happen was it wasn't just that people were more likely to finish the transaction when they came out at the low price, but they would also see that low price and say, oh, maybe I'll get kind of better tickets. Um, and so they would spend more each time they came in addition to completing more transactions. Um, and so it ended up being a, a really... A really dramatic effect and when people got to the end of the process they found it kind of like too cumbersome to start over so they don't go back um, they just get locked into the higher price and, and go with it and so it creates this dynamic where it's very difficult uh, for companies to resist because if they resist the consumer penalizes them pretty harshly wow we're speaking with josh zumbrin he writes the numbers column at the wall street journal this piece is called who's to blame for all those hidden fees we are uh, it turns out, I guess our math is not that good sometimes as well. Yeah, I mean, this is another really interesting thing is, believe it or not, um, a lot of people um, want to see these things disclosed. Like when people are shopping for uh, credit cards, uh, bank cards and stuff, um, they will express a preference to like see really detailed breakdowns of, um, of, of all the different fees that are involved. Um, they prefer that to just like a summary. And what the researchers have found is that although people prefer uh, these more complex disclosures when you ask, on, on, a majority, some people know actually that it's better to get like a simplistic total measure, but a lot of people prefer, most people, about 70% prefer the complex disclosure. Um, and then when people go to calculate it, they do it wrong. Um, they're more likely to incorrectly uh, pick a more expensive option. Uh, everybody wants the cheaper option, but they're bad at doing the analysis once you get three or four fees in there. Wow. And it's so easy to get tripped up that they end up picking more expensive products 
they think they're doing they think they're rewarding a transparent company in this case um, but they're actually getting tricked and, and picking more expensive products thanks josh josh zumbrin writes the numbers column at the wall street journal today's mic drop is brought to you by dell for your small business needs call a dell technologies advisor today at 877 ask dell hey glad you're with us Welcome into Wednesday. It's time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, you might remember the story we told you about a couple years back when an owner of an auto repair shop in Georgia decided that the best way to pay a departing worker his $915 final paycheck was to dump 91,500 oily pennies on the floor. Now we'll have to pay nearly $4 million more. A federal judge ruled that the owner owes nearly $40,000 to nine workers for unpaid overtime and damages. The Labor Department said further investigation found out that the business had also violated overtime provisions of the Federal Fair Standards and Labor Act. The, 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 the owner's attorney said that the conflict doesn't reflect his client's character as a businessman and that, unfortunately, emotionally charged decisions can come back and bite you in the rear end. Oh, is that that's all this is? <laughs> so I see. He just got I a see. little heated, Gordon. Ah. You know, took the time to oil up, uh, was it 91,000 pennies? Yeah. And uh, dumped them on the floor. But this was all heat of the moment stuff. None of it was premeditated. I thought, he, I thought he put it in the guy's driveway. Oh, actually, why did I, why yeah, actually, that's what it was. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I didn't say that in this uh, follow-up story, but I think you're right. I think he did dump them in, actually in the guy's right? driveway. I think that was the story. You did this story a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think it was his driveway. Yeah, which kind of makes so, it even worse. Right. So he, he, he dumps 91,500 pennies in the guy's driveway yeah. a few years ago yes. for his final paycheck. And now owes at least forty grand to nine workers for unpaid overtime and damages. Yes. But the attorney says... This doesn't reflect the client's true character as a businessman. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I those, wonder what does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So those <laughs> Which other way people, are we going? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I forgot about that too. You got the other people, like not just the one guy, but there's like what, like nine people right. all together oh that my. have uh, been wronged by this wow. guy. Wow. And if you've ever stayed home and found yourself watching The Price is Right, you've no doubt marveled at how excited the contestants can get just for hearing their name called. And when they win, they can take that joy to a whole new level. Just be careful not to hurt yourself in the process like this guy did. According to the show's Instagram feed, last week a contestant named Henry won a trip to Hawaii during the Bonkers game on the show and began jumping up and down in jubilation, flailing his arms around. Cut to the showcase showdown later in the show, and Henry's wife was called on to spin the big wheel because Henry had dislocated his shoulder. Fortunately, his wife also had the magic touch, spinning a 95, prompting jokes about her ability to shoulder the load. <laughs> the show says Henry's shoulder has healed and he's doing fine. It's not the first time a Price is Right contestant wound up winning a trip to the ER. In 2014, a contestant named Judy had to play the showcase showdown on crutches after she slipped and hurt her ankle while spinning the wheel. Wow. Yeah. Price that, is Right a big, is... heavy wheel. Uh, yeah. So you got do have to be careful. But it appears that the price is right is good at assessing medical emergencies. Right. They immediately bring up a replacement for poor Henry here with the dislocated shoulder, and they got this woman crutches that quickly? Yes. They had him backstage ready to go, I guess. I, I don't know. I wonder if it's in the rules that you know, your wife can step in if you're yeah. injured. I wonder if that's part of the bylaws for the show. That's unbelievable. Thank you, Mike. What does the future of mobility in Michigan sound like? It's the sound of new EV charging stations at our state parks. Discover all the ways MEDC is driving next-gen mobility in Michigan at michiganbusiness.org slash radio. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. New research finds a quick afternoon nap might delay the aging process by three to six years. University College London researchers say 
that finding time for a little snooze on a regular basis is good for our brain and help keeps it bigger for longer. The brain naturally shrinks with age, but whether naps could help prevent diseases like Alzheimer's will still need extra research. Overall, brain health is important for protecting against dementia, and that condition is linked to disturbed sleep. The researchers suggest poor sleep is damaging the brain over time by causing inflammation and affecting the connections between brain cells. Researcher Valentina Paz says, therefore, regular napping could protect against neurodegeneration by compensating for deficient sleep. However, the scientists recommend keeping naps to less than half an hour. That said, the researchers did not directly study having a big sleep in the middle of the day. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Canadian aircraft have detected underwater noises in the search for a missing submersible as the clock ticks down in the race to find the five-person crew before their air supply runs out. Coast Guard Captain Jamie Frederick. Right now, all of our efforts are focused on finding the sub. Um, what I will tell you is we have a group of, of uh, our nation's best experts in the Unified Command. And if we get to that point, uh, those experts will be looking at what the next course of action is. The crew aboard the Titan submersible that's operated by Ocean Gate Expeditions, a company that takes tourists to view the wreck of the Titanic, had about 40 hours of oxygen left as of yesterday afternoon. Number two. A federal judge has struck down Arkansas's ban on gender-affirming care for transgender children, finding it was unconstitutional. In an 80-page ruling, the district judge permanently blocked Arkansas from enforcing the law. He said the ban violated the plaintiff's equal protection and due process rights because it denies medical care for trans children that it allows others to receive and undermines parents' rights to make medical decisions for their children. Number three. The identities of the people who guaranteed Congressman George Santos's $500,000 bond in his criminal fraud case will be revealed tomorrow afternoon. The federal judge's order came less than two weeks after the Republican lawmaker's attorney argued the bail backers' identities should be kept private because of the media frenzy surrounding the case. Santos pleaded not guilty last month to charges of defrauding his campaign supporters, lying to obtain unemployment money, and making false statements on his congressional disclosure forms. Tropical Storm Brett is chugging toward the eastern Caribbean as the region prepares for an unusually early storm and the torrential rains that are forecast. The storm is expected to pummel Barbados, St. Lucia, Martinique, and Dominica tomorrow at near hurricane strength. I can confidently state right here, right now, the traffic will be flowing here on I-95 this Weekend. That welcome word from Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro, who notes that the reopening in Philadelphia comes ahead of schedule thanks to 24-7 work at the site. Crews have been working round the clock to fill the damaged roadway with a recycled glass aggregate. Wow. All right. Thank you, Jen. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business evolving your passions we push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now that's dell.com slash welcome to now thanks for joining us a 99 year old woman from boca raton florida is going viral for her nuggets of wisdom on how to live a long life mildred kirschenbaum lives alone still drives pays her bills online texts loved ones on her iPhone, and never misses happy hour. She's dishing out advice for living a long and active life in a series of positive yet feisty videos on TikTok and Instagram. 
She told Fox News that if you're up there in years, do yourself a favor. Enjoy everything. Don't sit home and moan and groan and say, all I do is walk to the refrigerator. She says, do something. In August, she'll turn 100. She says she has friends that are 20 years younger, and their attitudes will keep them from living as long as her. Change your attitude. Look at the positive side of life. I think that's what got me this far. She explains for basic complaints, turn around negative thinking. If the food isn't quite right, she says, have the extra dessert. Another tidbit, she said, if you're not smart when you're young, you only get dumber. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.